Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. At 8.11, great to have you with us here on this Tuesday morning. And this morning, signs of hope, difficult as it is to see that their loved ones may still be alive, held captive by Hamas terrorists. She looks like she's in big pain. Um, I can see that she's saying what they tell her to say, but I can see that she's stable. That is Karen Shem reacting to hostage videos surfacing now. Her 21-year-old daughter Maya appearing in the video asking to be brought home. Officials now say at least 199 hostages still held captive, including some Americans. President Joe Biden is headed to Israel that development announced late Monday. We have with us live this morning from Jerusalem, ABC News correspondent Jordana Miller. I guess good afternoon to you in Israel, Jordana. I'm so glad we're getting a chance to talk with you in the morning. I know you've been on the afternoon show here in Wisconsin, so we appreciate your time today. No problem. It's good to be with you. That uh, video last night released by Hamas uh, really uh, sending shockwaves uh, through Israel. Uh, I mean, First of all, this young 21-year-old who clearly looked uh, a little scared, uh, you know, with a big wound on her, one of her arms that looked like she'd been in surgery, uh, you know, asking to just be returned to her family and her brother saying she was kidnapped, essentially, uh, that Saturday morning during Hamas's ghastly uh, attack. Uh, that they launched um, by Airland and Sea. Uh, it's unclear uh, when that video was made, uh, and Israeli officials are calling it a kind of psychological warfare because it's unclear if Mia is actually really alive, uh, and they say they do expect more of these. They seem to be uh, meant to pressure uh, what are now, you know, dozens of Americans, of, of not only American but Israeli families to put pressure on the government to negotiate with Hamas for the release of these hostages, to release Palestinian jailed prisoners in exchange for these hostages. Uh, And it does not appear that Israel is going to do that. They seem determined to go in on the ground. That is their main objective. Even though we know they are working in back channels uh, to try to put pressure uh, from other regional partners like Qatar and Egypt, Uh, to put pressure on Hamas to at least release the women and the children, uh, you know, and some of the elderly who were taken. Talking with Jordana Miller, ABC News correspondent. She is live with us from Jerusalem this morning. So late news uh, evening, our time, Jordana, is uh, President Biden is on his way, expected to be in Israel by tomorrow, meeting with uh, Prime Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and others. What do you what do you believe the goal of this visit is? Well, I think there are two main goals of the visit um, of, the, of President Biden. The first, of course, is to show that the United States stands shoulder to shoulder with Israel, that they, uh, you know, have rock solid support from the Americans, uh, not only those two, uh, you know, military war uh airstrike carriers that are here, the USS Gerald R. Ford and the USS Eisenhower, but that the president himself is coming uh, to send a message that Israel is not alone in what it considers, you know, its dire, you know, hour 
or nightmare, really, since uh, the Yom Kippur War, which is also a surprise attack by, by Israel's enemies. The other goal, I think, is to send a clear message to Hezbollah, uh, the Shiite militant group that sits on Israel's northern border, and its patron, Iran, that they should dare not get involved in this war, Israel's war against Hamas, um, because the Americans are here, uh, you know, to, and the president is here to say that would not be wise. Jordana, what is the day-to-day like now in Israel? Is there an attempt to get back to a, a sense of normalcy, like with work and school, with this escalation? Not really, to be honest. Most schools across the country are closed. Some are on Zoom. And for you know, small children like my children, who are three and six months, there's no, there's nothing, you know, there's no class or preschool for them. Uh, I think you know the country, part of the country, uh, you know, is shut down because so many reservists have been called up. Businesses, I mean, this is the largest call up. Uh, and the quickest call-up in Israel's history, 360,000 in a matter of just, you know, several days. Uh, and there's really many, many people uh, across the country who have kind of mobilized to help in the war effort. That is providing any kind of uh, equipment or extra clothes to soldiers, helping to transport them, taking in families that have been evacuated from the north and south, uh, helping with child care, uh, even cooking meals for soldiers. Uh, you know, there is a strong sense across the country that this is a just war, that Israel has to fight against Hamas. Uh, they have to remove Hamas from the Gaza Strip. And remember, this is also a matter of deterrence for Israel. Uh, should Hamas remain in the Gaza Strip, you will hear many people say they fear Hezbollah, on the northern border would just try a similar kind of attack in two years on Israel's north. So it is a, a country that is really gearing up for war. ABC News correspondent Jordana Miller is based in Jerusalem. She's with us live on Wisconsin's Morning News this morning. To that point, Jordana, the other difficult dance that President Biden will have to engage in here when he visits Israel is, yes, full support. Yes, you have a right to defend yourself, but also the long game. What is Israel's intention in Gaza long term? And we're told the administration does not want to see a long term occupation in Gaza so as to inflame Iran, Hezbollah, the others that you've mentioned. That's a difficult dance for the president to dance. It is. It is a difficult dance. I mean, the president has to both send a message of deterrence because nobody here wants a wider regional war. I mean, if Hezbollah were to get involved in this war, it would be deadly. It would be destructive. Israel would, would, many people believe Israel would win the war, but it would be at a much higher cost. So people are trying to, you know, keep Hezbollah at bay. Um, But the other thing that the president has to juggle is the humanitarian, uh, looming humanitarian crisis in the Gaza Strip. How can the United States work with Egypt and Israel to get aid in, aid that will not include weapons and aid that will be distributed to the needy and not Hamas and its fighters? ABC's Jordana Miller with us live from Jerusalem this morning. Jordana, thanks so much. I'm glad we finally had you here in the morning in Milwaukee. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye. 
819 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Yeah, I know she's talked uh, with Mercure and Matzik in the afternoon a number mm-hmm. of times. Glad we were able to find a window for her this morning. You know, Jerusalem removed from the front with Gaza geographically. It's a little bit, it's not, it's not right up on that border. Um, so interesting her perspective from there. But the fact that right there, it was a great question to you, like, this is not normal day-to-day in Israel right now. Well, with so many reservists called up. And by the way, in, in Israel, if I recall, everyone goes through the service, too. At a certain age, they spend time in some type of technical field as far as the military goes. So they all have their specialties, if you will, even when they go back to civilian life. So to take that many out, and then you have the schools shut down and everything else. So on top of that for you here, 820 here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Twenty-four on Wisconsin's Morning News in Washington today. He has an exquisite, uh, you know, complement of leadership skills, and I think that as folks got to see what he would do to bring our conference together, it gave him greater comfort that he's the right man for the job. The instigator in chief, Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, who led the charge to oust, oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, throwing his support now behind. The new GOP nominee for the post, Ohio's Jim Jordan, whom it is said still doesn't have the votes to win the job. So what to make of this battle for House Speaker? You have Jordan didn't get the majority of the votes to win the nomination the first time around. That went to uh, Louisiana Steve Scalise, and he didn't have the votes, so they never even took it to the floor. So now they're like, well, all right, well, what about Jordan then? And now he appears to have had enough votes to be nominated, but they haven't voted on his nomination on the floor yet. And they've been whittling away at some of those hard no's that were there, the hard passes for Jordan. But one thing that I thought was interesting that Glenn Grothman said yesterday, he said that there is a a faction of Republicans. Now, you know, once you put it to a public vote, they may switch anyway, but that are so disappointed in the idea of giving the Florida congressman, Matt Gates what he wanted at the beginning, like, okay, so you break in the rules and here you end up getting what you wanted anyway. We're rewarding you for that. But there are some Republicans who want to vote no just for the sake of principle more than anything else. So this is right. If this is whom Gates is you know, throwing his support behind, fine. But like, what's the alternative? There's nobody else they all agree on either. I mean, there was some, I don't know, a couple of days after McCarthy was tossed and they started looking at, uh, okay, well, who's next? There was some maybe renominate McCarthy. Like, we've found our heads here. We don't want to, for all the reasons that you just enumerated, reward Gates and just a few on the far right of the caucus. Don't want to reward their action there by, right, so let's throw them back up there again, and a few others will come over and support them. But there wasn't traction for them. So, like, then what's the alternative? Well, the other, one other option that's still being discussed, although I don't know if it'll get to this, would be using um, the interim speaker and giving him more power to be able to pass a couple of quick speaker resolutions. Speaker him? Yes, and have him be able to do something. That way they can move forward on legislation or resolutions for Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So without having, we technically wouldn't have a Speaker of the House? Yeah. So who's the third that's not line? great precedent, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right all that hey, man, I hadn't even thought about that. Important in the line of succession, right? Goes President, Vice President, then Speaker of the House. Yeah. I, I don't know why I assume it. I... I, but I kind of expect Jordan to get the votes today. I feel like them bringing it to the floor is going to put a lot of people on notice, going to make them have to publicly say yes or no. And when you're doing it out there in the open, you're more inclined yes. to vote with the group than, say, 
deny. But and they, what is it, four votes? They can only have a couple of nays. Otherwise, they don't get to the vote total they need. 216 is the number that I'm seeing that they need. And right, is it 220 number of Republicans in the You're House? You're talking about it's, four it's votes. Really close, yeah. Right? So, yeah, that I was seeing noon today. I don't know if that's Eastern or our, or, or our time, but sometime around then they'll, they'll take you to the floor. Now, whether or not that's when you have those first votes could happen that way. Like, all right, let's get started. See how this shakes out. Might, might as well. <laughs> right. At some point you have to start. And I do think behind closed doors is one thing, negotiating and navigating and trying to move the line for things that you may want or whatever promises that you'd like to have versus going out there. Do you want to be seen as an obstructionist? And by the way, still though, even if if he becomes speaker, that job still sucks. <laughs> it's not like all of a sudden it's going to be easier for Jordan right. than it was for uh, McCarthy. I mean, he's going to run into the same issues. It's a really nice office, though. Yeah, you're right. Right, it is a nice office. I remember Paul Ryan when he was elected, and there was a guy who uh, was a reluctant speaker, at least in the mm-hmm. beginning. Right. Right. Congressman Ryan, first congressional district of Wisconsin, before he was elected speaker, said, I don't want this. I'm, I'm being drafted for this and I will do it if I have to. And 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 did that. But I do remember in those early days, I think there was a TV tour. I don't know if Charles Benson was out there, or one of our guys from TMJ4, but he's like, hey, how about this office, though? <laughs> this right? is pretty awesome. <laughs> this is pretty OK. 829 in Wisconsin's morning news. Eight thirty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. So this is another one of these news releases where you wonder, like, what is this going to be a big deal or is it not a big deal? And I can't tell. Just received this from the Universities of Wisconsin, which is the new branding for what we've long called the University of Wisconsin system. UW system, yeah. right? So, so this is the oversight of all of the universities in the University of Wisconsin system. Now they're calling themselves Universities of Wisconsin. But got an email from the director of media relations saying there's going to be an availability today with uh, President Jay Rothman. So he was uh, put in there. Rothman was after Tommy Thompson gave it up on the interim basis. Mm-hmm. And so Rothman is having a media availability at 11 a.m. this morning at which he will make an announcement about the direction of the universities. So either that's... Is that only Oshkosh or is there something else? <laughs> well, so it begs the question, what, what is this about? It's one of two things. It's not medium. It's either we'll all be there at 11 o'clock wondering, what is this announcement about the direction of universities? And it's just some small thing that, oh, okay. Or it's like kind of a big deal. And there are a number of things going on in the UW system. Sorry, universities of Wisconsin. Right now, you mentioned Oshkosh uh, news, and this has been brewing for some time, but now it's happening of hundreds of layoffs. You have the number, the breakdown on who it is? So they've trimmed the workforce at Oshkosh by 216, 140 layoff notices, and then 76 employees accepted a voluntary retirement offer from the Oshkosh Northwestern. So they're also going to keep 34 positions unfilled. So by doing all this, they're hoping to save about $14.5 million. Yeah, UW Oshkosh struggling right now, struggling financially, struggling to gain footing. We had the story the other day about uh, the business students who were there for a master's in business yeah. administration or something along that line, the MBA. And they were initially underbilled. And then long after they graduated, to, oh, yeah, you owe us a whole bunch of money. And they're like, what, what gives yeah. over here? So I... What do you do if you just started going to school there? Yeah, 13,000 students at UWO. 
And it's an affordable and accessible university in the system. It's hard. Anybody who's had kids recently try to get into Madison, you know how difficult that Mm -hmm. is. There are Mm -hmm. 4.0s who don't get into Madison. Right. Which is a whole other issue, uh, uh, which I find unacceptable in our state. Nonetheless, table that for another day. Uh, Hard to get into lacrosse. A lot of students from Greendale, a lot of my kids' friends uh, are at Whitewater this year. Few at Oshkosh. Now, how many people go to like Stevens Point or Oshkosh and then transfer to Madison? Is that there's some of that? Does that happen? Right? Eau Claire or whatever? Is that? Yeah, absolutely. The track. Tommy's producing the program today. That's UT. Uh, yeah, I started at Parkside. Okay. Two years there, and then made was my that way the over plan, to after or two years. you just decided to do that? Uh, yeah, I just. On a whim, kind of did that. I probably wouldn't have gotten in out of high school. My ACT was pretty average, and my grades were good, but not perfect. So yeah, You seem like a pretty average guy. You're not that smart. No, no you don't need to be a <laughs> <the first> radio <laughs> show. Oh, good. So some, right, to Eric's point, will go in thinking, all right, I'm maybe not going to get in, or I tried and didn't get in. I'm going to do a couple years here, get some of these uh, undergraduate requirements out of the way, and then continue to apply well, and try to get into Madison. I, yeah, the only reason I can, ask can is, feed that. I'm just curious. I mean, especially we had this news break yesterday about Oshkosh and these layoffs and these early retirement packages or whatnot. And now you have this from the president saying, hey, you know, big changes coming to the universities, whether it's just Oshkosh that they're going to address in this case, you know, regard, right. or if it's something larger. Trying to figure that one out. I mean, there's a lot of students that go there. Uh, let me see. Trying to get more information out of them, but uh, they're not sharing. There's some details that may be released a little bit later, but again, that's 11 o'clock this morning. And right, the the line that caught me, Eric, about the direction of the universities that seems Plural. to indicate <laughs> seems to indicate something big. But again, I caution you. What seems big in the circles where these things come from versus what's big in our universe as we consume right. news sometimes are very different but things. But if I were a sophomore at UW Oshkosh right now, I'd consider this a big story. It could be a big story. You know, what does what my future look like here at the school? 842 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight forty seven, Wisconsin's Morning News on this Tuesday morning. You're with us earlier we talk with Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every Tuesday morning, she joins us with various things. And this was kind of sportsy, but also just general activities for kids and how our failure as parents, our generation of parents, to let kids just do their own thing has really screwed them up. There's this fascinating commentary written by several doctors in the Journal of Pediatrics. And it addresses mental disorders, which is obviously a thing that I'm trying to get our arms around these mental disorders. And here's what it said, though. Our thesis is that a primary cause of the rise in mental disorders is a decline over decades in opportunities for children and teenagers to play, roam, and engage in other activities independent of direct oversight and control by adults. <laughs> Essentially, we're always all up in their business whenever they're doing anything that we are enhancing a mental health issue. So, all right, this is on us for over-programming them. And even when they're not in a lesson or a league or a team, even intervening in their childhood play, Yeah, right? Yeah, we're constantly around. This like is the word, the, the term play date wasn't around when you were a kid, right? right? Yeah, that was you just something. You just went outside. Yeah. It says here, begin. Here's your play date. I opened the door. 
Beginning in the, in the 1960s and accelerating in the 80s, the implicit understanding shifted from that of children as competent, responsible, and resilient to the opposite as advice focused increasingly on children's need for supervision and protection. So in the 80s, things changed where all of a sudden we as parents got a little bit more interested, increased our time spent, our time working on, our time volunteering for our time living vicariously through. through. That's where it's most damaging, for sure. <laughs> All of those things started to happen. It says as early as the 60s, but it was really more of the 80s and obviously well into the 21st century. It's wild. I was just talking with my mom about this, and she, for as much as she worried, I think maybe she didn't know how unsupervised we were. <laughs> Like to a degree, like my brother and me, just we rode our bikes all over Wauwatosa. Mm -hmm. I'm like, did you have any idea? Like we went and played softball. Like we were based at our summer playground program was at Wilson, Wilson Elementary. So that's like uh, Glenview Road, if you know that in Wauwatosa and kind of right where sort of near where that little bridge goes over into the village. Okay. Kind of by the county medical complex, all that stuff. Okay. So that's that's where our elementary school was. Did you you know, like, when you signed us up for softball in the summer, like, how we got to those games at 2 in the afternoon at Underwood, which is like across Highway 100 or wherever? She's like, I guess I didn't really. And what's funny is she worried about us. She worried about our safety. She was desperately concerned after the Adam movie came out in the early oh, 80s that yeah. someone was going to snatch us. But yet there we were riding our bikes all over. She's like, I didn't put those two things together. I signed you up for softball. I knew you were at the playground, but like, how did you get over there? There's this, it's fascinating though. Like, and I, I've noticed this multiple times as a young parent and through my years of being a parent, my youngest is 12 now, where there, there have been gatherings, whether it's at a party or just a sitting around the campfire BSing with other parents, not campfire, but whatever, the fire in the yard. Yeah, sure, right. BSing with fire other parents. Pit. Yeah, fire pit, thank you. Or I- anything like that where, like, kids are just kind of creating their own play, right? So, like, I've Which been at- Which is the best, right? I've been at multiple events, fires, whatever, where, like, kids are just in the yard running around mm-hmm. or just a quick pickup game of pickle even where they're throwing the ball back and forth and tagging kids on base or whatever or wiffle ball, whatever it is. I've seen it countless times where one parent, and it's probably even been me, but I don't think so because I'm pretty sensitive about it, has somehow got themselves involved in this pickup game. Whether they all of a sudden are starting to ump it for whatever reason or coaching, like telling a kid what they should be doing as they throw that wiffle ball or whatever. And there's been times where I've, I've said to my buddy or buddy, dude, stop. Like leave them be. Yeah, why are don't get involved? They'll figure yes, it out. Yes, they can figure out who's safe and out. And if they argue about it, let them argue about it. Who cares? But I think like we as parents, we all we always seem to like have to control or have to make sure that they're on the right path or whatever. And here, according to these doctors, that's a problem. Right. And then we, as now the older part of the workforce decry the younger generation who can't problem solve. Why they can't problem solve? Well, because we never let them solve any problems. Right. We fixed everything for them. Yes. Now, a couple of things in defense. Doomed. They're doomed. A couple of things in defense of that. Also, like, I, I don't know if it's hypocrisy or the world just changed, but as much as that's what I wanted for my kids, that freedom to roam, that enjoyment, you know, yeah. we, we moved into a neighborhood in Greendale and we were there. There were still original homeowners, people who had built their homes in this section, this neighborhood, okay. in the late 1960s. So their kids were gone. I mean, they once in a while had grandkids that visited. I and got I've got you. little kids, and it was like some of the, 
some of the longer term residents were like, it's wonderful to hear the children again. And I'm like, geez, like, uh oh. <laughs> there weren't. So it wasn't like go outside and play. Play with who? There wasn't anybody there. So there's a little of that. Yeah, I think you're being hard on yourself. I, I, you've told me stories about your kids going and running around, like yeah, they were going exploring around. the woods and things like that. So. Sure, but you know, like, like I said, like the play date when we were kids was somebody opened the door. Right, we'll see you at dinner, or and the doorbell someone, would just ring. Yeah, somebody would be there. Yeah, nobody did that in the neighborhood because, in part, because you know, there just weren't kids there. But the other thing is, we've talked about this with kids in sports. If you want your kids to be able to access sports nowadays, with how competitive things are. And I, I think this is terrible that you can't get to seventh grade, eighth grade, and your kid decides, hmm, I'd like to play softball or I'd like to go out for volleyball. <laughs> Too late. Well, so, but you can. So, my, my seventh grader, she has just automatically now just decided she wants to play lacrosse and softball. And she, okay. <laughs> she is not athletic. Right. I love her to death, but she is not an athletic person. So she's going to be able to. I mean, it's not going to be at the threshold that most people are used to seeing. I mean, it's going to be just this tiny rec league and whatnot, but she's still going to be able to do that thing. So you can. I guess I didn't mean can't. It's just it's hard or like basketball. So your kid you know, decides late that he or she wants to play basketball. Well, likely what they're running into then when you look at, you know, going to the high school level, here's a group of six, seven, eight young people who have been playing together since sixth grade or Fifth grade, and even half of them won't make the team, right? And it's AAU, and it's YMCA ball, and it's church league, and it's this and that. And this core has been together, and they're highly advanced in their skills. And then here's someone who, you know, wants to try something for the first time. It's like there's no room for you. So in part, right? If you want your kids to be active in certain things, it's hard not to get them to specialize and put them on the teams and do the things. But sort of like blossomed out of our control. Right, yeah, I suppose. I guess that's why our kids are nostalgic for, for the 80s. <laughs> they watch Stranger Things and kids are just riding their bikes around at wow, night. They're like, that's wow, that's incredible. Look at that. They can do whatever they want. 8.55, Wisconsin's Morning News. 8.57 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Beautiful day today. High of 60 degrees under mostly sunny skies. Low temp down to 45 tonight. Let them rock. Let them walk to school. Let them ride their bikes. Have you ever heard of the X Pepper? Well, this morning. So the X Pepper is now a world record breaking hottest pepper ever. <laughs> so because the Reaper wasn't hot enough. Yeah. So the Reaper. Let's see. I have the numbers here. The the Reaper, which this guy created, he's the same one. The Carolina Reaper has one point six four million units of Scoville heat which is the hottest, this new Pepper X. Like, by comparison, what was the jalapeno? Like, uh, 500? A jalapeno is at 5,000. Oh, 5,000. Okay, so this is... So the is... Carolina Reaper is at more than 1.5 million units of Scoville heat. <laughs> okay. Now this Pepper X is at more than 2.5 million. Oh, good. All right. So there's great video of uh, these guys that are eating. They're trying this Pepper X. It's on Hot Ones, which is just like a popular YouTube videos of guys eating hot peppers or whatever. Okay, so listen to this. The freshness of that goes away almost immediately, Noah. And then um, just that violent and ever-growing violent um, thing that is somehow making my face tighter. Like the skin of my face feels tighter to my hat <laughs> yeah no we hadn't heard from noah up until that point I love that, yeah. the skin of my face feels tighter to 
in my hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. <laughs> so they gave it a shot. That's they right. gave it a shot. 859 WTMJ Now with Steve Scafidi. Coming up next, yeah. first the Milwaukee Business Journal, Rich Kirchin with the headlines.